In this episode of Novel Predictions, Kales and Allison can't stop saying elf sperm. Yeah, I think the the old, the idea of being a virgin is that there's no other sperm inside her. Gross. Right. Because of like the I, whatever, whatever. Right. It's gross. It's, it's it, gross. We, we can all agree that it was a really gross way to do anything to anyone. Welcome back to Novel Predictions. I'm Allison, and this month I reread Tinker. And I'm Kales, and I read Tinker for the first fucking time. Yeah, so spoilers, I hated this book. I'm, you know what? Let me just pause right there. I'm so happy that you hated this book because this gives us a chance to have a magician's level conversation. It, this is like, I'm, I'm like... I'm so upset right now. Like, I would have... I'm not kidding. I would have fucking DNF'd this book yeah. at page, like, 182 had I not been forced to finish this. I'm pulling 182 on my ass. I don't remember the exact point. But it was af- It was very, very close after we were done with... Was it um, after she gets transformed? Yeah. 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 I figured as soon as I read that part again, I was like, oh, yeah, Kale's going to be angry. I was pissed and i, also I feel like from that point on it just pissed. goes south it's it goes just farther awful. and farther into uh problematic territory i could it i oh my god i can't i don't even know what to say like there's so many problems like i became so uncomfortable when she was transformed mm-hmm. i had to put the book down because i was going to throw up like i was so uncomfortable I didn't know what to do with myself. Like that, that's how it was just, <sighs> okay. So <laughs> somebody should tell us what this podcast, you should need to talk about what this podcast is. So this is not predictions. Thanks for joining us. God. This is our review episode of Tinker. So we read the first five chapters, did our predictions. Well, Kales did her predictions, I should say. And then we read the rest of the book and here we are with Kales glaring at me angrily and me serenely watching her suffer. Um, it was so awful. <laughs> it was so awful. In case you did not finish the Tinker or DNF'd it, let me give you like a three point synopsis of what happens in this Yeah, book. literally three fucking points because that's like all that happens. They bring up this whole entire fucking world and then this bullshit. Okay, so from chapter five, here's what happens. Tinker gets turned into an elf by Windwolf and accident- Against her goddamn motherfucking knowledge. Okay. Shush. Summary time. She gets turned into an elf <laughs> by Windwolf and subsequently in that interaction is married to him without her knowledge. Um, she then discovers that all the shit that happened in the fifth, first five chapters about the government and all this stuff is actually just all the plot of a third dimensional, another dimension that's involved called Onihide. Onihida, I think, um, who want to create a gate through Earth to Elfholm to steal Elfholm's resources because they are overpopulated. And she is kidnapped to build a gate for them. That is basically the, the and plot. And then she escapes. She escapes and Windwolf kills them and it's fine. And she decides she loves Windwolf, even though for like a hot second there, she was totally going to sleep with Pony. Which, yeah, which we can talk about because I remember something from the later books that like... 
I I thought she- I was way more for that than Winwolf, man. Right. So by the end of that, I was like, "Fuck yeah, have an affair, have a threesome." I don't even fucking care. <laughs> Be better than that other book we read with that threesome in it. That inevitable Victorian thing. Oh God! Oh, Remember God. that book? Yeah, I forgot about the book. Where like all these these like three sixteen year olds in this futuristic Victorian society decide that they're all just all gonna have sex with each other. It's so uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, actually, it's not even sex with each other. Actually, I, I think the they boy just, gets they, duped out, right? No, it's the two just, girls are having sex, and no, they just decide to be have a polyamorous relationship. Yeah. And it and was, not that there's anything un- wrong with polyamory in terms of like if that's for you, good but it's for like you. a secret polyamorous right, relationship. But the way that they did it was so wrong and just like so messed up. Yeah, but anyway, that's a book that we could talk about for an hour. And we also have be salty on our old podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, but anyway, so that's basically what happens in this last section, taking out a lot of details, which I'm sure we will talk about. Um, but that's the general plot. So I do know that at least one listener reported that this was a dnf for her oh really but also really also go fucking figure this was her second dnf oh what was her first one city of thieves oh okay that's fine so like that that one like okay i kind of that one i've been kind of like reformed on i'm like all right so i feel like i personally as i was reading reading the end of this book drew a lot of parallels of the amount of problematic I felt in my heart to City of Thieves. And how I felt uh, how I felt about City of Thieves? Yeah, like how you were like, ooh, I actually see it yeah. now. That's kind of how I felt. So, Kills, what did you rate this book? A one out of five stars. And I would have, honest to God, I would have DNF'd it had I not been forced to continue. Right. I gave it... Like, I almost thought about calling you and being like, I don't think I can finish. Like, I, I got to that point where I was like can I do read the rest of this book? Like, am I going to be able to like finish? That's how uncomfortable I got. I was not okay. I have also gotten there with books you've made me read. So I feel like we're even. Um, I rated it three out of five, but I previously rated it four or five. I can't remember. So my rating definitely went down. What'd it go down to? A three. Okay. But I definitely still think that this book has merit, even though Kale's hated it with her whole heart. That's okay. We'll talk about why. Um, so that's where we stand right now. Kale's hated it yeah. with gusto. I didn't like it as much as I did the first time, and I have opinions and whatever. But that's where we're going to start. So, Kale's. Yeah. Would you like to talk about your feelings in a a feeling zone? This is a, this is a safe place for you to express how much you hated this book and why. Okay. So I had I had several problems with this book. Um, and here's the thing to start off, I was into it. I got there. I was like, all right, I'm down for this journey. This is not normally what I read. Right. It's not normally, it's totally an Allison book, but I'll go with it. Allison has recommended me plenty of books that I love. Six of Crows, Solace. There's so many of them. But when... (laughs) Here's the thing. I hated Tinker already because I thought she was a dumbass. I thought for being so smart, being 18, she was such an idiot. And and the fact that she goes into this... I was... Oh, God. I'm so mad. So, basically, it's consent. It comes down to consent mm-hmm. and how Winwolf knowingly changes her entire genome living situation 
through basic trickery and she agrees to it because she's a dumbass and doesn't ask any additional questions when she's been warned by three people not to take gifts from elves and instead she just does it without any prior knowledge and he also is assuming that everything's gonna be fine because she knows oh because your low elf speaking language is so fine he doesn't even ask her nothing nothing when this is obviously not normal like everybody talks about how like humans going from elves is not a thing Mm -hmm. so where on god's good fucking earth would she know that this was a thing so when that happened it also just made me like uncomfortable her reaction to this irreversible procedure and she has no say in the matter is awful then we have like the semi-rape scene with nathan which was came out of goddamn motherfucking nowhere and i was pissed no okay pause feeling zoned revoked it did not come out of nowhere he almost raped her at the fair she said no to him repeatedly as he was like getting under her clothes and they're standing in front of his car. Oh, that's right. Like he, he started that. being real gross immediately after she agreed to date him. Yes. That they is were fair. setting like him minute- up as the sexual villain. Yes. That's okay. Fine. I'll give you that. Back Thank up. you. Okay. Now that's you may g- continue in your feelings. Though. Yeah. So that's fine. But I-, I couldn't stand it. And there was no like likability about Winwolf to me. Like her, she had this whole internal dialogue about, do I love him? I wouldn't recognize it. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I don't think she does. I think she feels trapped in this situation. And I think that she has no idea as an 18-year-old what her general feelings are um, or what she wants. And she didn't. She now has no choices, in my opinion. She has been locked, loaded into this pivot position, into being his wife and establishing... Like, she has no choice, legitimately. And she was not given all of the... Um, information in order right. to have a proper choice and that was really frustrating for me um, not to mention the fact that she just like lost all of her family for one asshole who is not even that likable I'm sorry I wanted to go through but I also didn't want to spend this much time with the book I wanted to go through <laughs> and see how many actual times and moments in the book they spent together because it didn't feel like a lot I agree with you there it felt very very minimal Absolutely. I'm like okay one point you guys like met each other I think like three times yeah like she saved his life, right? right? Which again was under false priestesses, right? That like she thought she was going to die if she didn't help him, right? Right. And so so she saves his life and they spend all that time. So they, they met like the first time when the life debt thing happened. They met when she tried to save his life through the whole shutdown day. And then they met again when he comes to the, f- with the bowl. Yes. Then they meet again at the fair, right. which leads to him transforming her. So that's four fucking times, and one of which was five years prior. Right. Before and, they get married. And two of which are, like, short. Yeah. Like, the bowl is maybe, like, an hour. Yeah. And they play fucking horseshoes. Right. Like, that signifies something. It just, it doesn't make any sense to me, and it's really frustrating. And then, like I said, she loses her whole family. How does she lose her family? In my opinion, well, she chooses... Well, at the end, she chooses. She's like, I'm going to split Pittsburgh up and I'm going to stay with Windwolf. But that's not what happens. I know that's not what happens, but that's the choice she makes. Right. She decides to stay on Elfholm. Yes. Partially to be with Windwolf, also partially because she's never actually been to Earth outside of Pittsburgh and she has no interest in it. Right. I get that. But I'm still, I still think that like, it being, well, she's also now immortal. Right. Immortal. So if she goes unquote. back to Earth and it's just immortal on Earth. 
Right. That's going to suck. But like it sucked, it sucked away her, any of her choices that she had. And I agree. And that pisses yeah. me off all the lasting consequences. Like she lost her family the minute this happened to her because they're all going to die before her. She doesn't get to grow old with them anymore. Okay, sure. People she actually fucking cares about instead of this guy she met four times. Sure. That's the problem that I have. Then I also had an issue with the rape punishment scene. Absolutely. In the Oni. I was not okay with how that was handled. I was... That's, not that's happy a- with any of that situation and how that went down and i was really disgusted that, that that was the second time that i almost stopped reading it because i was like this this should not i get that this book was written in like 2005 but i can't tolerate that it wasn't explicit but it was enough and it so, was too much so for that scene um i get what she's trying to do right like these people are supposed to be craven and evil and whatever and so they're punishing this woman who works for them who made a mistake by who is like part fox um by like breeding her so they like have a public breeding of her with this like dog and it's fucking terrible right it's absolutely horrifying i understand that when spencer's goal at least i assume when spencer's goal with that is to show how horrible these people are um and it re- actually kind of reminded me of Court of Thorns and Roses when they're in the Hewn City and how like horrifying Amaranth is to the people. Like that's kind of what it reminded me of. Uh, but it was still incredibly difficult to read. And if you have were a person who had sexual trauma, it would be, I think, tr- damaging. Yes. And and I agree. I that was the other It's it was a point in time too when I was reading where I was like this is the kind of shit that makes this an adult fantasy book, right? Yeah. Like where we're not tiptoeing around bullshit and like fading to black on things that are horrible. She's like staring it straight in the face. And I also think that Tinker's reaction in that scene is also really awful. To is me. not. Yeah. Is not um, horrified enough, I guess. Yeah. Like she's like, well, she like has an inner dialogue of like, she had to look away because it was so horrible. But then she tried to remind herself that she deserved to be punished. And I was just like, wait, what the fuck? Like, yeah, I couldn't do it. That was that I absolutely agree was that one. That scene alone knocked down a star for me. Yeah. Like, yeah, I agree. It it was the I just didn't care afterwards. I hated Windwolf. I was so I could not get over how mad I was at him. Sure. Like to me, what he had done was unforgivable. OK. Like I as a. Like, if I were Tinker and that had happened to me, like, I would want him for murder. Like, that's how, like, that to me is what he did to her was, because I believe in fun- some ways that was its own form of rape or some own form of violation, irreparable damage yeah. to her. I don't think it was positive at all. And I will argue that it isn't and that she's just blind with some Stockholm something because he's the first man that ever fucking went down on her. Like, that's, I, I'm... Which it wasn't even like a good scene. Like they couldn't even compensate me with like a good oral sex scene, which was really frustrating. Yeah, she basically was just like, "Oh yeah," and it was just like my dream. And you're like, "You didn't describe anything." Yeah, and I was really mad about that. Um, yeah, that and I like I hated that we like never heard from Lane again. I heard it. I hated that like oil can was like I don't know. It was just this whole weird ass situation. It felt like the book didn't get started until like two thirds of the way through. And I do think that's a product of this being part of a series because yeah, it does pick up like immediately in the next book. I've well, read it's got to with the fact that Pittsburgh is now on Elfholm. Like that's a huge issue, right? 
And you're so fucking right that Windwolf and Tinker have literally no time together in this book. So the relationship, and I don't remember if when I was reading this five years ago, it was definitely before I became like a romance novel junkie. Which this to me is not a romance. It's not. It's not. So this is, I read this book. I thought you said it was. Well, it's, I think in my memory, it was more romantic than it is. Yeah, it's not. Because she doesn't, like, there's no. It's more romantic with Pony. I agree. There's no relationship building between her and Windwolf. I don't I don't feel as strongly about him turning her as you do. Um I mean I still think it was like an icky way to do things, but I don't feel as vehemently angry. Um but they didn't I mean the whole like sh- he loves her blah 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 like no he no No he doesn't. There's no way. Like they don't know each other at all. You can't, you just because you picked her to do this thing too because the time was right and it needed to happen that night because of the full moon or whatever like that doesn't mean that you have any basis for a relationship and i hate that he calls her little i don't find that endearing but maybe because like i'm also not a little person i'm like six fucking feet tall but i just feel like i've never met a five foot tall person that likes being called little as something endearing yeah does that make sense yeah he calls him a little savage i'm like that's not sexy at all well, so, and I agree that the, her relationship with Pony is the strongest When they she were, has. like, almost about to do it or she was going to make a move, I was like, fuck yeah, do that. I was like, all right, I'm down because you've actually spent some time with this Joker. Yeah. And you all have had history lessons. And, like, I'm down for it. I wasn't down for it until she mentioned it. And then I was like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Let's do this. Let's have that love triangle. See, I'm pretty sure that happens. That'd be great. I'm I'd to, be so okay if that I'm going to look it up. Um, spoilers for the next book, I guess. I'm pretty sure in the next book that um, Pony and Tinker, like, start a physical relationship and she's all like, oh, no, this is bad. And then Windwolf is like, actually, that's totally fine. Like, in ter- oh, cool. like in terms of, like, elven society bullshit. Well, like, but, like, the way I that... I think. I'm going to look it up. Well, the other thing, though, too, is that, like, Pony... Again, I was kind of mad about that, too, about how, like, Tinker just continuously fucking agrees to things without, like, asking any questions. Right. About this society that she's in. But to me... I hated how Tinker was like, yeah, you can belong to me. And then he was like, you don't think I love you? Like, I wouldn't have bound my life to you if I didn't love you. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Because he picked it. You know what I mean? And she chose him in terms of, I mean, she didn't have a lot of options. I will be honest on that. Like, she didn't get an array of guards and, like, get to test them out. Like, some sort of job interview. Yeah. But the fact that he obviously does care about her. And she obviously cares about him to not be tortured and shit. And... I just don't know. I was just so frustrated by all of it. And I'm okay if they end up having sex. Probably Pony has better sex than fucking Windwolf. Which, might I also add, their only sexual relationships was she went, he went down on her once, and then it was like some cosmic, cosmic geome transformation binding sex shit. Yeah, except for that they talk about them having sex the entire time she's at the castle. Like, the whole time. They just don't, they just don't say it explicitly. There's a line in the book, I just finished it this morning, where it said, like three weeks because they were she was there for three weeks before they got to go back to pittsburgh where she was like this three weeks was full of hanging out with the guards or whatever and like sexual awakening or okay fine she's in lust with him but like not enough to go running into his fucking arms at the end of it and defeating this villain that comes out of nowhere yeah it's like do us villain (laughs) which is weird i don't know why i didn't feel like i had enough time to hate him 
I, I mean, was just like supposed to do it on principle. They and worked, I was like, hold on. They He's worked, got a side story. They worked really hard to make him horrifying. Which I totally get. But. But I was like, it would have been much more interesting if also if like Nathan had turned out to be evil or if if um uh his name's not Murdoch. Maynard. 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 If Maynard <laughs> had turned out to be evil, you know, like that would have been cool. Or Tulu was like some evil demon. But instead, it was like it had to be the stupid, jealous girlfriend. Right. Which was dumb. Which, yeah. I really still think this book needed more women. Which sounds stupid, but she we just had like the crazy mentor, the mother mentor, the stupid, jealous girl, and Tinker. Yeah. And I the think, queen. I think, um... Who, for being so fucking important, only showed up like once. I think that's that's the fault of this book, right? She tried to put... There's way too much going on. Way too much. Instead of focusing on building Tinker and Windwolf's relationship or this plot with the Oni or Tinker um, figuring out, like, who she wants to be with or the Queen having a problem with how Tinker was turned. Like, we didn't focus on one thing for any amount of time that to make it a cohesive story. It felt very random and, like, erratic Erratic and is a great word. Until the end where we're like stuck with these Oni people and she's having to do the gate and all this stuff. And then once she's out, when she's escaped, then it's back to like, what about Oilkin? What about Lane? And what about Windwolf? And blah, blah, blah. Um, so, it yeah, I agree that it felt erratic. Did you find whether or not she ends up with Pony? No, I'm still looking. There's not a lot of, um, because this book is like a mid-list, there's not a lot of fan like fan wiki stuff damn it but i'm still looking i think i can maybe if i find a synopsis of the next book is this book racist so i think that because it's a good question because i thought about it and my thought went to it's like tamora pierce racist i, I agree I say with that you. because and i say that allison and i know what that means and i can explain it to the listeners but tamora pierce's books the tortal series which we love and we have expressed our love for them yes has races and cultures in the books that are inherently stereotypical, which in the 80s, that is what was known about those cultures, especially since Alana's world and Tortal is very much based on an English European... Eurocentric. Eurocentric culture. Thank you. And then when she travels to other areas of Tortal, it's not that way. (laughs) Um, And... Right, there's Some a clear are very stereotypical, and the same thing happens when the universe expands to her daughter and Kane, and they explore these different sections of the world. It is very much it mirrors our world. However, it is told through a very Eurocentric lens. Yeah, with the stereotypes. But it made me think about this book in the Ani being derived from Chinese culture, so and myths. And then they're also the evil bad guys working with them, which that was bonkers. And then the elves being very based on Native American cultures. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that one as much. So that for the Oni, though, um, Tengu's um, the Fox Shifters that start with a K. And I'm gonna... Which if you want to read a better book about Fox Shifters, there's this one called um, Dragon Pearl. It's new. It's part of the new Rick Rayward and Presents imprint. Oh yeah, it's a juvenile. It's juvenile fiction. Uh huh. It's really good. Um, those those creatures. I read this in a review and I was like, oh fuck, 
those creatures are from Japanese mythology. Mm. Um, that's even worse. Yeah, so it's a little, I think it's a little poorly researched. Oh, um, that's bad. Yeah, so I agree that I think it's, there are um, undertones of racial ignorance, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then I think the elves are very derivative of Native American culture. But also mixed with, like, Elizabethan and, like, weird casts. It's a little uncomfortable at points. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree that it was definitely um, poorly researched and poorly, maybe, maybe, maybe just poorly done. Um, but I do think it is, is somewhat reminiscent of the Tamora Pierce style of not racism by name, but more of a like stereotypical stereotypization. I don't know if that's a word, but like stereotyping a culture. Yes. Right. So which some consider racist, which is why I use that word. Right. No, that's what I'm, but I'm saying like Tamora Pierce definitely uses cultural stereotypes to distinguish groups yes and that is absolutely happening in this book yes and i and it's weird it because is weird. because these groups are not actually people of that culture yes. they are mythical beings but we're just gonna like make them seem yeah like the stereotype of that culture and, and that bothers me more almost which i get but i, I think it's probably just in hopefully it would be a thing that she has learned not to do Hopefully it's something she has undone in her writing style. I haven't written read any of the books she's written. I don't plan to. And yeah, I've read this whole series, but I haven't read any of the books she's written in the past 10 years. Yeah. So I just I can't. This one hits. I think what's so hard for me is that this one just hits too many of my I will not read these books buttons. And sure. And the that's the main fair. one being consent, which is literally for me, anytime I pick up a romance and the minute that there's any sort of not consent something, because I'm huge on choice in my, in my life in general about fucking anything. And the fact that I feel like Tinker was not given that for something so huge, like you don't want to be forced to be given a tattoo. And I'm not saying that this is a tattoo. I'm just trying to think of something permanent, you know? I it's think so frustrating. I do. I think it's interesting that, um, and I think it was a device, absolutely, that she. So she's like violated, her her rights are violated by being turned into this elf. Absolutely. I don't think that that's an arguable point. I think that's true. Yeah. Right. Um. But then we turn around immediately, and have the near rape scene with Nathan, and I think that that scene was written and placed in that spot to lessen the blow of Windwolf's kind of betrayal. Like it's a comparison, right? He he changed her, but the entire time that he's changing her, it, it, like there's a sexual component to the change, right? That's the point. He has to, it's like coated to his sperm, which is disgusting. That's so gross. It's it was so, so gr- gross. It's really gross. I was like, I don't want to hear about elven sperm. Yeah, it's gr- I don't want to talk about elven sperm entering her and changing her entire genome. That's yeah. just nasty. It's gross. Ugh. But, so she does not consent. Also, that's some pretty powerful swag right <laughs> up in there. She does not consent to the change to an elf. Absolutely, 100%. But the entire um, scene of them from the time she gets picked up at the fair to the time that they're done and she sleeps for three days because she was just changed to an elf, there is absolute vocal sexual consent. She says, make love to me, blah, blah, blah. I will, blah, blah, blah. He says, nothing, that hap- nothing here will happen that you don't want. 
So there's clear sexual consent. And then I think she wants to oppose that and make the elf transformation below less by showing us a situation in which there could have been no sexual consent with Nathan later. So I think it was a device that she used. And it I mean, it obviously demonized Nathan. Nathan is dead to us. But and to the book. Yeah, he's just gone now. Um, but I think it was built in so that you don't hate Windwolf. And I know it didn't work on you. And that's fine. Nope. But I think that's why it was there. And you know what? I will say. Yes, I understand that. I just don't think I could ever fucking get over that. And that's, yeah, yeah, that's totally fine. It was so unforgivable in my eyes. It was like, you need to go to jail for thousands of fucking years and probably die. Like, I will go trap you on Earth so your magic can go away and you can fucking die. And I will rule over your lands in your stead because you gave me this power, you fucking asshole. I just feel like it's very reminiscent to me of Court of Thorns and Roses, and they, ch- I mean, they changed Pharaoh without her permission. Yeah, I didn't like that either. Yeah, but you didn't hate the characters that did it because Reese is the one that does it. Okay, I got to be honest with you and say I don't remember. So in that book, she's dying, but she's actually dying like in the moment. So instead of just like dying in general because she's human, um, she's dying in the moment and Reese, and I think she might actually die. And... Tamlin is being a bitch over here and can't get shit done. He's just crying. And Reese makes all of the High Lords turn her Okay, fae. yes. Then I remember that. Yes. I... So I'm not saying they're exact parallels, but I'm no, saying that it reminded it me strongly. It makes me... It actually makes me remind me of when Bella's dying in Breaking Dawn in uh-huh. Twilight. She's had the baby and she's she's had the vampire baby. And she's going to die if they don't gonna turn And she's going to die her. if she's not turned. And... It's a common trope. It is a common trope. Which I think is why I can handle it and you, but in this instance, you're just, it's too much for you. Well, I never liked that Bella, Edward turned Bella either. Um, I hated that too. I was like, she should have just fucking died. Um, actually, she never should have fallen so it may over just the goddamn be, vampire in It the may first just place. be a trope you hate. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's, this is different because Tinker wasn't dying. Right. She wasn't injured and bleeding and. Right going to die in the next two hours kind of situation. Yeah. So it feels like a, feels more manipulative. Like a, I don't know. Maybe like if I think about it in a situation, right, where if you don't chop off this person's leg, their whole life is going to die. Right. Sure. In this. I'm just that's what I can think of right now. Yeah. Right. But they are knocked out from the pain, cannot make this decision. And as a doctor or as someone who loves them, you have to decide, do you leave this person living with a disability for the rest of their life, but alive or do you let them die? I think is different than we're just going to chop off their leg because it will make them better. That I know the analogy doesn't follow that far. Yeah. <laughs> but, I was like, mm. I know. But my point was, is that with Tinker, it like doesn't, he says she's dying, but like she'd be there tomorrow for him to fucking ask her right. <laughs> or next full moon or in the next three years, whenever the cycle fucking happens again, like, She'll be there. I do think that if... Or, I don't know, on the car ride over, hey, do you want to be an elf? This next thing, you've got, like, five minutes to decide. I absolutely agree that there was, like, a much better way to do that and that it was probably manipulative, but I don't think that it was purposefully manipulative. I think that he's just dumb. 
I think he is dumb. I think, oh, I completely I agree. I think he's just kind of a dumb dumb. He is a dumb. They're all dumb dumbs. I can't think of a single <laughs> intelligent character in that entire thing. T- Tinker may be able to build a gate, but man, she doesn't know what she's doing. Right. So, so I think for me, that's forgivable because he's a dummy. And for you, it's not. And that's fine. We can live in that paradox. I'm okay with that. I, I, And you know what? Now that we're talking about it, like it probably is a trope I don't like. It probably right. is something that like, because again, but God, also, I don't know. It's so hard. Well, I just in can't. The court, in the Court of Thorns and Roses example, that happens before we love Reese, right? Like yeah. we spend the next book like getting to, we still, he's still the villain when that happens. And so maybe, maybe in your brain at that point, you were like, oh, well, he's the villain and like he shouldn't have done that. But now yeah. but then you like spend 500 pages falling in love with him. So. Right. So it's different. Right. You know Instead I mean? of being like, like I, love, I, love, I love, love you. So. Yeah. I would love to go ask myself when I finish that first book, having no knowledge of the rest of the series. Right. What I thought in that moment. Oh, yeah. Big old Court of Thrones and Roses. Spoilers. Right. Because the same thing of like we loved Tamlin and then. And then we're like, went, oh, you're the worst. Well, I still vouch that they went through a traumatic event together and then just as a couple they could not accept the changes in each other so that they didn't really yeah i agree but i think he was also always kind of a like overprotective oh, asshole yes i just think that she needed that more before and then she didn't anymore yes and he, yes. Did, he didn't change what she did i think is the thing yes right but they both of them could not accept each he other couldn't accept the change in her sure. and she, she couldn't, couldn't accept, accept the change in him because right. it was elevated i will say i always think he was a prote- overprotective but i think this was heightened sure and they just couldn't accept the change in their traumatic uh, relationship. Okay, I cannot find this pony thing, but I swear to God, she has sex with Pony at some point. I really hope she has sex with Pony. I bet Pony has great if sex. If anyone is... Except I hate his name. It's so de- demeaning. I don't know. I think it's kind of cute. Because he's, really? like, he's like Storm Horse or whatever, and yeah. she just like calls him Pony. I don't think it's cute. But um, if anyone... I'm not going to reread these again, but if anyone reads the second one, just like hit us up and let us know if she has sex with Pony. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that happens if I'm remembering right. Because when it almost happened in this book, I was I like, really... oh, God, it might happen. And then we're going to have to talk about that and what. But I kind of want to dare you to Google, does Tinker have sex with Pony into Google? <laughs> I don't want to like Google images. <laughs> I'll die. That's worse than the, that's worse than the, I'll do than it. Hold the on. face sperm. <laughs> <laughs> pause oh my god you're gonna do it yeah i'm right here oh my god i don't care about my search history yeah you are a grown-ass woman yeah you could do elf home i think that would help oh god (laughs) the first thing that came up was florida man arrested for after having sex with a pony what yeah it's like a news article about a man having sex with a pony oh well all right we tried Uh, (laughs) um but yeah bummer yeah we should probably get to the questions. We should probably. Actually, you know what? Really quickly before we do, uh-huh. I want to know why this is three stars for you. Like, what did you like about it? Okay. So and again, free feeling zone. Yes. I will not judge you. Thank you. Yeah. Um. So I still think that the world is really compelling. And I, I like I like the idea of this modern, like, industrial city getting transported to this elven world. I think this book is still three stars for me because I've read the rest of them, if that makes sense. Like, I think in the second, I'm unless I'm insane and just made this up, in the second book, like, she actually builds a relationship with these people that she supposedly loves. Um, I do think her relationship with Pony, which is the main one of the entire book, I would argue, is really awesome. And I love them. Um, I think... <laughs> I think the idea that... These elves and Oni have been 
were stranded on Earth for so long, and that's the reason the gate was built in the first place is because they wanted to get home. Um, is like an interesting underlying story. So for me, three stars means I had fun reading it. Would I recommend it to people? It depends on the person. And would I read it again? No. So that's kind of my three star like basics. God, we have such different three stars. Yeah, no, we do. Cause like I like I rate so when I'm reading paranormal romance novels, they are almost always three stars because yeah. they're campy and they're like silly. And I probably wouldn't reread them, but I had fun while I was doing it, right? Two stars means I was just like over it and I probably didn't really need to waste my time. And I usually don't rate things one star because I don't read I'll DNF them. Yeah. Um so so that's why it's three stars. I still enjoyed the story despite the problematic points. Fair. So it's much like I feel like your reread of City of Thieves. Yeah. Where you still really liked the story and you still, you know, did you end up giving that one three stars? I think I did four because it was a five. But then ever as I kept thinking about it, I was like, this might need to go down. Yeah. So I think I had originally rated this book a four and then it went down to a three. I've also, though, been getting nicer on Goodreads because in publishing, I've been realizing how important Goodreads ratings are. Yeah. And being mean on Goodreads for your own honesty is actually really detrimental to the author. And... Like, I really, really wish that there was a way to, like, honestly judge your books without it having an effect on publishing. Yeah. But after just learning about that, I've been a lot nicer on Goodreads. Because even if I think a book is three stars, usually I'll bump it up to four. Or I've And I've been nicer on my five stars, too, just because the effects of it yeah. really hit a book. Especially and it's the hard. reviews. If you review and rate, yeah. So when I rate books low, I usually don't review them. And yeah. then if I... Like I said, if I DNF a book, I don't rate it. Yeah. Like, if I DNF a book, it's probably a one-star read for me. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to rate it because I didn't finish it, and it's not fair. It's not yeah. fair to the author or the publishing house for me to shit on their work when I didn't actually take the time to experience it all the way. Yeah, and I completely agree with that. I just It's something that I've just been noticing, like I said, working in the publishing industry, and I think that um, it's changed how I rate things. Yeah. Okay. As much as I hate to say it, but it, it does because I, I would rather help the authors and publishing houses stay alive. Right. Very important. Than, than just be like, all of their shit sucks. <laughs> also, just a side note, um, everyone should go yell at Macmillan about putting an embargo on ebooks for libraries because they can go suck my dick. Yeah, they can also start yelling at Amazon for sending out testaments and Atticus's um, truth about magic fucking early and then Penguin Random House not letting uh, indies sell it early. Yeah, so everyone can just go yell at the publishers that are being assholes and support the ones that aren't. Yeah, and also continue to support your local independent bookstore and not Amazon, which is still threatening to take over the fucking world. Yes, so on that very dramatic note, we will get back into our questions. Yeah. How do you think you did? Do you remember? Okay, here's the thing. Other than the secret organization, if you change secret organization to secret third world party dimension stealer. It's pretty close. I did really well. Pretty close. Yeah. I agree. Cool. 
there's some stuff for sure that you didn't get right. But oh, like no. th- that's the reality of the situation. Right. That's uh, We're never going to get it 100% right. I get it. But I was thinking about it. And I was thinking, like, as I was reading this book, I was like, hang on. This is not a secret organization. It's a secret race and a secret, like, third party myth dimension thing. Yeah. Same shit. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so on novel predictions, we use a set of questions. We asked them last time, and this time we will go over Kales's answers and see how very close she got. So first question we always ask is, does the main character fall in love? Kales said... Yes. With who? She's in a love triangle, and she ends up with Windwolf. Yeah, it depends on your definition of love. Yeah. <laughs> she said she- there's a love triangle between Tinker, Nathan, and Windwolf. They're kind of was Not, for like a minute there was it was for a minute and then but there was like one from pony for a minute and then there was like no love from anybody for a minute yeah <laughs> it's just like i don't really know oh i will also say during the scene with nathan after she's turned into an elf and he near, almost rapes her i wanted to claw my eyes out whenever he said he's he said something along the lines of like he's taken everything from me and i want this one thing yes it's like you're mine. Like he wanted to take her virginity. And it's oh. the grossest. It's the grossest thing. But I also hated when Windwolf was like, you're mine and only mine. Yeah, but when does he say that? I can't remember. He says that when he's talking to her about the elf sperm. At the end? Mm-hmm. Not at the end. At, it's in the middle somewhere. It's before she's captured or learns about the Oni, right? She's learning about Oh, when they're at the palace. Yeah, when they're pa- in the palace. Sure. He's, He's explaining like, the transformation. Yeah, you're mine and you're only, like, ever mine. See, yeah, because he, he talks about her being a virgin being, like, an important yeah. aspect. Which of is also really annoying because being a virgin means fucking nothing. Yeah, I think the 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 idea of being a virgin is that there's no other sperm inside her. Gross. Right. Because of, like, the, I, whatever. Whatever. Right. It's gross. It's, it's gross. We, we can all agree that it was a really gross way to do anything to anyone. Yeah. Um... But, like, Edward but, never tells Bella, like, my blood is coursing through your veins. Are you sure? Or something like that. That seems like a very Edward thing to say. Maybe he does. Somebody can correct me on that. It's not like you have Breaking Dawn code check. I don't. I don't own those books. Um, But I. But that's the same. Like, I need someone to tell me if she has sex with Pony. Because I really think. Because they're immortal. And I think. And they're not, like. It's not faded mates, right? It's no. not. It's not actually faded mates. So I'm pretty sure that. She can have sex with other people. But anyway, so you said it was a love triangle. It really wasn't. There's, We could argue and Kills will argue there is no actual love in this book. Just lust. But she does end up with Windwolf, which is what I said. Right. She ends up with Windwolf, which is what you said. Um, And I think that was inevitable. And unfortunately, if I would, I would be happy. And I think you would, too, if her shit pivoted and she was just like, I'm actually going to be with Pony now. Yeah, I'd love it. Well, I just don't think she's going to get out of the marriage with Windwolf unless he dies. And I'm pretty sure that they're married, like, however elves are married forever. But she just, like... Well, she can go be with Pony. They can yeah. have a secret cottage house. <laughs> then you have to be secret. Just go have a different cottage house. Okay, the next question was, what tropes do you think you'll see? Kale said... Definitely that Mary Jane, Mary Sue mm-hmm. trope of her. The like, I'm super innocent, but also super hot. And also I'm really good at a lot of things. And I'm like really brilliant. And I yeah. look like a pixie. Because um, I'm only five feet tall. Um, <laughs> and Isn't then, it cute how small I am? Man, now you can protect me. You said a lot of stuff. I did. Um, you said love triangle. So we just talked about that. You said um, 
Tinker is a Mary Sue, and I think she absolutely is. Mm-hmm. They talk constantly about how small she is, how cute she is, how smart she is. Manic how... pixie fucking dream girl. It's just weird, and it is. It's a... like I don't like how childish she. Like she's eighteen, and there's this all this, like sexualization of this 18 year old which is fine basically a goddamn minor well 18 like you can have sex when you're 18 do whatever you want to do no, 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 but, but she's like a child but the way that she's depicted is very childlike yes i guess being 18 not is not ex- physically an excuse for demeaning diminutive her uh-huh that's a word sure <laughs> Let's um, just make up all the words this yeah, particular podcast. Yeah, just a, a word day. Um, yeah, I think, like, physically she's not described as childlike, but she just is very trusting and naive, and it's weird. But she's also five feet tall. And she's small. And everyone seems to be very tall. Um, also, you said that the main character is the only one that can solve the problem, and that's fucking true. That is true. Absolutely true. She's the only one who has the knowledge and the resources to build the gate. Because the Oni killed everybody else. Because the Oni killed all the other scientists, and she had her dad's private notes. Yep. That nobody else had because her dad was the one who built the gate. Which also never, nothing ever resulted from that either. What do you mean? Well, like, I guess maybe it did because she had her notes. But it's just like they made a big deal about her parentage with the with the NSA. Oh, right. Like, that was never a goddamn motherfucking thing. The NSA just, like, dropped off the face of the earth Uh after basically the fifth chapter. With Nathan. With Nathan. They just died suddenly. What else? Oh, and then you said a secret organization is trying to get Pittsburgh out of the gate or another gate or break the gate, um, which is true if we consider a secret organization a whole nother planet of beings. Which was a secret. It was a secret. Absolutely. Um, and they were trying to build another gate, mm-hmm. but Tinker ended up building her gate to break the first gate. Yep. Which I actually thought was really smart. Yeah, I like that part a lot. I Me think too. that it's really great. And I love that the they take time actually talking about how she's subverting these people and getting away with it. Like she's yeah. doing differential equations in her head so that the mind readers can't see what she's thinking and she's having to like It was the first time I felt like she stepped up I as agree. a character. I agree. I think that, that was a blossoming for her. Um and then the last thing you said was chosen one slash faded mates. So that was wrong. Chosen One is right. But Faded Mates was wrong. But Faded Mates is wrong. Yeah, because she's like, quote, the pivot. Which I'm not going to lie as a writer. I really like that description as a Chosen One. I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, because it's whatever she does is going to change the fate of the world. It could be bad or good. And I liked that. Yeah, that's cool. Faded Mates, not really. Windwolf was just like, yo, man, no. Literally. Yeah. Let me infect you with my elven sperm. <laughs> we have to stop saying the word sperm. Um, do you have any more... Things to say about tropes? No. Anything you rec- you recognize after that point that you were like... Except for the, the like, we're going to save her elf th- thing, which I didn't know was a trope. We're going to make her... Im- we're going to make the female immortal. To be with the immortal male. To be male. with the male without like, her knowledge. It's a very paranormal romance thing, too, right? Like, it's the thing that happens in werewolf books and vampire books and mm-hmm. um, fae books, fairy books. So Yeah, well, yeah. So that trope, which I've now just discovered is a trope, and I don't like it, so. <laughs> and mark of disapproval. Okay, so the next question was, is there a mentor? Who and how do they meet? Kale said. Uh, yes. Uh, Ooh. Lane is her, like, worldly mentor. Okay. Um, and I'm going to actually throw in Maynard. Maynard. 
Mm-hmm. All right. As like a... A weird fatherly protector, duas mahinam mentor. So you said Lane. Okay. Yeah. But this was also really frustrating because like she had these mentors, but then they all just disappeared. Yeah. She just basically became alone. Because you said Lane was her worldly mentor and Maynard was kind of like a protector or like a... Yeah, but Maynard also dropped off the face of the planet. She like came once to complain to him and be like, what am I? And he's like, you're married. And then he never showed up again. Yeah. This is, I think, a product of the erraticness, right? Yeah. These characters, I think, were very important. And all of a sudden, we're just not there. It's like not well written in a way. I don't know. I think I think that, like I said, I think she's trying to do too much. I think that if she had picked three threads instead of ten, yeah, it would have been a much more um, impactful book. Yeah. Okay, who's going to die? Kale said, "Oil can." Oh my god, no! <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, that makes me so sad. He's gonna be that thing that spurs her off in the end. Nobody died. Yeah, nobody died. Well, I mean, lots of people died, but nobody important. Nobody important. Except for the Sparrow. The bad guy died. Sparrow died. Oh, Sparrow did die. The that... traitor. She was a traitor. Which was dumb. She was also mean. They, like, never make her seem nice. Which also, she was super fucking two-dimensional. Yeah. She was. I do think that um, Riki was a much better traitor. Yes. Because we have two traitors, right? Cause yeah. We... And I... Riki was much more entertaining and much more... Um... I felt more hurt by his betrayal. But even still, I was continuously hurt by his continuous betrayal. Right, because he kept kept doing it. He kept flipping on her as he couldn't figure out for himself what was going on. Like, can I have his story? Yeah, because he was definitely a sympathetic jailer. Yeah. Like, he didn't want her to be in prison, but he was um, looking out for number one. Yeah. And I like him. Like, I think his character was really well done. That's what I said. He was, like, probably the most dynamic one in the entire story. And that's sad. Which is why I think the second half of the book I like a lot better, even though there are some horrible things that happen. Because I think Pony and Riki make that book in the end. Like, yeah. like I don't understand. Like, it would have been really fascinating. I don't know. She could have just, she didn't even have to be a human. She could have started off as an elf. It could have been a whole, like, just, we could have probably cut the whole first five chapters we read out of it. Even the transformation, I don't know. But yeah, I think Riki and Pony are the best parts of the book. Can we have a love triangle between the three of them? And with Tinker, if we have to have keep fucking Tinker. <laughs> we could just have Riki and Pony be in love. I am okay with that too. Yeah, and then we can just have Riki like realize, change his alignment. I'm down for that. <laughs> I'm on a fanfic. Fanfic. That. I bet there's some. Um, so, But you said oil can, and that didn't happen at all. Nope. Um, she Except was- he did. You know what? Let's be real. Nathan died, Lane died, Mayor died, Oil Can died. They all just dropped off the face of the planet of this book. Yeah, he, they're they're just not there right now. Well, Oil Can's at the end. He stays on Elfholm to see her. Oh, that's right. And Tulu. And Tulu. Dies. Oh, in your account of people who are just dead to her because she's now part of a different society? Yes. Um, yeah. So, like, maybe there's some ego death. I don't know. Um, okay, what's the twist? Kale said. So I actually think that the secret organization is run by her father, who's not actually dead, and that he's trying to 
fix the mistake that he made and um he needs tinker to do it because her grandfather manufactured her into a genius and so he like actually needs her help because he can't quite figure it out and he's gone a little bit insane with this and so it's his secret organization trying to fix the mistake that he made with the gate um and that he needs tinker's help and he's been in search of her the whole time but because she was born after he died he didn't know died quote yeah right he didn't know or whatever right he didn't really know about her and um so he doesn't really know what she looks like or who she is and so that's why that's that whole thing so you weren't totally wrong i wasn't totally wrong but you were mostly wrong yeah so you said just to recap there's a secret organization that's being run by her father yeah that was wrong that whole father side of the whole theory is wrong patently untrue yeah the father part absolutely wrong that needs tinker's help to fix the gate Kind of. They want her to build a new one. So that's pretty close. Yeah. Um, She doesn't want to leave Elf home, but has to stop. We're going to say just the organization because you said father. Yeah. So that's wrong. Um, And Nathan is against her. Now, two of the, those things are true. She, they want her to build a new gate. Um, She doesn't want to leave Elf home. Right. That's clear. Nathan just kind of isn't there. Yeah. He's not part of this. But the other thing that you did ask me later about Riki, and mm-hmm. I did say he was evil. I don't you know did. if you pull that up later. It just wasn't an official question. Yeah, I have it in the other thoughts. Um, yeah, you said Riki is a secret agent minion, and absolutely 100%. He is. Damn right. He is. I got, like, I think a solid B- minus on this one. Yeah, there's some good stuff in here. Um, you also said that Lane gets injured, propel- which is a propelling force, and that's not true. But she does have... They do employ the what they call a whipping boy idea where like they're bringing someone in to injure to incentivize her. So, yes. so, so that there was that it just wasn't lane. Right. It was just pony because she's clearly, but we had not met pony. She's clearly more in love with pony than anyone else. Yes. I think that's my head cannon. I'm okay with your head cannon. Um, okay. So cannon accepted. <laughs> cannon accepted. Check. Why is the story from the main character's perspective? Why are they important? Kale said, it's because she's brilliant. It's because she's been artificially made to be a genius. And her grandfather knew of her father's bad intentions. And so this was his way of trying to fix his mistakes. And so she's the only one who can fucking do it. This one I got right. Yeah. I mean, you said she's brilliant. Uh-huh. And she was manufactured to basically rebuild the gate from by her grandfather. Yeah. Somebody else is using her. Um, the other thing that is that she's like been prophesized as the prof or the pivot right Mm -hmm. so which we don't find out until very much later and it doesn't actually i think end up being useful other than to give her a reason to not break her oath to the oni yes because they say because pony and her have this whole big moral debate which lasts way too many pages yeah about breaking oaths yeah they talk basically about i'm not an elf (laughs) they basically like yeah honey you have pointy ears you're gonna live forever your vagina probably like has beautiful babies pop out of it every like what is it couple centuries he said i think that the the reason they she couldn't break the oath was because the the seer had said if she remains true and they had a whole debate on what the difference in the words true and loyal and she once again cursed her knowledge of the elven language and blah 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 it's very much i'm rolling my eyes and shaking my head right now it's very much aragon to me in that in the whole like language thing where yeah. things said in the elven language are can't be lies or whatever uh-huh whatever yeah um so then your other thoughts you said lane gets injured not true you said riki is a secret agent minion absolutely 100 percent unequivocally true 
And then the books you thought this was like were Court of Thorns and Roses, which I absolutely agree, especially on reread. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's a lot of lot of parallels. And On the Edge, which you liked On the Edge better than this book. Yes, I do. Significantly, because there's a lot less problematic bullshit. There's a lot less problematic bullshit, and I like the characters better. Okay. Because there were characters in it, like the boys... The grandma, like there was, and and even the romantic love interest was more compelling. Was more compelling to me, like their relationship. I believed. Yeah. This one, I didn't believe at all, and the and the boys and the the neighborhood, and I just I bought that one more. Yeah. Like I would almost consider bumping that up a star after having read this, because I think I was mean to that one too. What did you say? Two or three? I think I gave it two. And now I'm like looking back on it. I'm like actually considering cons- some paranormal romances. Yeah, I don't see. I don't think this is this is not a paranormal romance. It's a f- high fantasy with a sci-fi twist, right? Like it's got some tech in it. There's a romantic relationship that seems to be supposed to be central to the plot, but kind of isn't, other than to propel her to do things that she doesn't wouldn't normally do. Right, which is fine and all. I I don't know how to classify this one, I guess. I don't either. I just don't. I'm trying to see what I gave on the edge. I think you're right. I think you gave it two stars. I did give it two stars. Yeah. I like really want to give it three now because after reading this trash, that's not trash. <laughs> that trash is shinier than this trash. It is shinier. Yeah, see, I and I agree. I totally see where you're coming from. And as I was reading it, I was like, Oh, McKaylee will be I like I could take off the scenes that we were going to talk about. Like it was easy for me to see where I was going to lose you. Right. And it lost some glamour for me, too. But I still enjoyed the overall story, even though it was all over the fucking place. Yeah. And I think that. But again, I think that brings back to this really interesting. And that's why I'm excited for this next pick that I'm going to have you do, because it's Mm -hmm. another one that I've glamorized in my head. Okay. because I read it years ago and I'm like, oh, is it really as good as my like. 10th grade self thinks it is oh god yeah and it's like that's what's really fascinating about being on both sides of this podcast right you get hurt in every direction i know it's so bad <laughs> it's all pain it's all pain unless we read fangirl or graceling <laughs> these books that actually fucking hold up <laughs> those are so we just have to be nice to each other just twice a, once a year for each of us we get six books a year right yeah so, so if- one book <laughs> we get to be nice to each other. This one, I don't know. I got to be honest with you. I'm not sure if you're going to like it or not. Well, should I start guessing? Well, yeah. Are we done talking about Tinker? I think we're done. I th- I'm done. I'm over it. We're, we're, we're going to move on and move on with our lives. Yeah. So give me some hints. You're not going to know it. Oh, fuck. Okay. Well, still give me some hints, I guess. It's YA. Okay. Uh, Allison said it's October, so she wanted me to pick something spooky. I tried to convince her. I wasn't sure. She's but I do hate it. spooky shit. So I that's thought, fucking not true. What? You love Mindy McGinnis books, and those that shit's spooky as hell. I love fucking McGin- Mindy McGinnis, but I did not pick Mindy McGinnis for you. <laughs> okay. Um, I picked something lighter. Okay. But they're ghosts. Okay. And um, I picked it's a YA. There's ghosts. Green cover YA. Ghosts. Um, ghosts. Uh, romance. Contemporary for 2007. <laughs> Is it an author I would know? I don't think so. I really don't. Like, I think I'm pulling this one out of the woodwork. Okay, just give it to me because I have no idea. It is called The Secret Life of Sparrow Delaney. Oh. 
I only know this book because you have told me that it's good. I like this book a lot. (laughs) So, yeah, you're right. I would never have known that book except for that you personally, Kales, have said, I love this book. Yes. So here's the description. Secret Life of Sparrow Delaney by Suzanne Harper. In high school, the last thing you want is for people to think you talk to ghosts. When Sparrow begins 10th grade at a huge new school full of strangers, she thinks her dreams of anonymity, that's not how you say that word, um, and a fresh start are finally coming true. No more following in her six older sister's footsteps. No more going to class with kids who've seen her grandma doing jujitsu in the front yard next to headstones of her four dead husbands. And no more worrying about keeping her deep, dark secret hidden. Sparrow makes a new best friend and has her eye on an irritatingly appealing guy in her history class. She feels like she's well on her way to a normal life, but it's another boy, a dead one, who wants Sparrow's attention, and he won't let her be. He won't let her be until she's helped him move on. You see, Sparrow Delaney's secret is that she's psychic, and there's a very persistent ghost who won't let her forget it. Okay, so this is a very McKaylee book. Yes. <laughs> This is a very McKaylee book. And like I said, you've told me to read this book before, but I've never done it. So, yeah. okay. Well, I'm actually so pretty excited. Ghost is good. It is ghost. It's kind of like a creepy, silly, funny Halloween-y book. Yeah. Halloween definitely plays a part. She's the seventh daughter of a seventh daughter. Like, there's a whole, like, okay. deal with it. And so, like I said, I read it back in high school, uh, which would have been my sophomore year. It was 2007-ish. No. Whatever. I yeah, can't I think so. Yeah, that's right. That sounds right. So I'm excited to see if it holds up. Time. It's been 12 years. <laughs> yeah. It's been 12 years since you read it and 12 years since it was published. Yeah, no, I read it when it came out. Like, because I love Suzanne Harper because she's also written The Juliet Club, which was the other book I liked of hers. Okay. And so um, I was like, when she was like, do something spooky. I was like, I thought about Minnie McGinnis and I thought about reading... Um, like the asylum books or something. Yeah, that's the one I thought of immediately, and I was like, "No, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna do Sparrow Delaney." <laughs> and this one's not super long. Uh, uh-uh. it's only 371 pages. Yeah, so that's nice. And I think, well, I guess that's basically 364. This, that's pretty much as long as Tinker. It's only like 20 pages shorter. But Tinker was 438 pages. Was it? In my mass market, yeah. Oh, I think in my trade paper it was less. Yeah. Well, the hardcover of this is 364. Cool. So that's, yeah, that's true. And I think, I hope you have it at the library. I don't know. It's old and not popular. <laughs> I mean. Well, we'll see. I yeah. think I can probably get a hold of it. I'm excited because I think it'll be fun to do something that's a little thematic. Yeah. For our spooky season. Also, October is a three. It's no, a three Tuesday it's month. It's a three Tuesday month for us. So. We're going to have a bonus episode. We're going to have a bonus episode. We are not going to talk about it yet because we haven't nailed down exactly what it's going to be but i think it's going to be super fun yeah it's going to torture mckaylee a little bit i think yeah but in a very fun way yes yay um i think it'll be a good time and i think it'll be a good bonus episode thing for us if we can figure out how to do it um and that also being said thank you guys so much for listening to novel predictions we hit how many downloads we hit five thousand downloads last recording whoop, a couple whoop, weeks ago whoop, yeah so that's whoop. super awesome um we whoop. have a feel like a strong but small but strong listenership and it's so fun and we appreciate you guys small but mighty yeah and you guys are awesome we appreciate you we love interacting with you um if you want us to have more listeners you should tell your friends that you think would be into us and rate us on 
um, Apple Podcasts and give us five stars and write a review of one of the books. Say, oh, I DNF'd it, but the podcast is amazing. <laughs> you know, join our book club. That's essentially what we're doing here. And it's really awesome to see that our two-person book club has ventured beyond two people. So we really appreciate you guys. And thank you for giving us ratings. And thank you for continuing to listen. Hopefully, we pick a book you like. <laughs> you know, that's what I would love to know from our listeners is like, what books have we forced each other to read that they actually enjoy? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that'd be cool. Maybe we'll do like an end of the year survey or something. But yeah, put it in the comments. Tell us what books you liked. Yeah. So that's awesome. You're awesome. Thank you so much for listening. And read uh, The Secret Life of Sparrow Delaney by Suzanne Harper with us for October. Yeah. And we'll let you know how many chapters on social. Yes. Because we don't know. No, I don't know yet. I have to go home and look at the book. <laughs> so, I'm Kales. And I'm Allison. Keep making novel predictions. Bye. Bye.